Welcome to the Deciphering the Media podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all forms of media and the relating to the media. Uh, on this episode, I have G Marsh. This is episode number seven with G Marsh. Um, on this episode, we got a chance to sit down and talk about E3 or the Electronic Entertainment Expo. I think that's the right order. Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we got a, And for anyone who's not familiar with that, that's basically the biggest or one of the biggest video game conventions of the year. The, a lot of developers of video games come on and talk about video games that they're going to be releasing later this year or into next year and beyond that. So there's a lot of big announcements that happen in the video game community and a lot of people who play games look forward to this convention to see what sort of things are going to be coming out in the future. So I got to sit down with G Marsh. We got to talk about video games, talk about what they announced at E3 and just a little bit about what we've been playing and kind of just went on from there. We talked about um, a few multiplayer games that have um, that we've been playing or into recently and then we got a chance to talk about um, video game as an art form towards the end, which is something I, I wanted to ask him about because it's something that has always interested in me and something that I've uh, touched upon on the past. So here we are with Decipher the Media, episode number seven with G Marsh. Enjoy. done a lot of uh, film stuff which i know you do you do stuff with and then um what i really wanted to get into today was the the medium of video games yep so why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself yeah for... yeah my name is uh Jarrell, or g is what everyone calls me and uh pretty much just big gamer and yeah. as you said, I'm into like movies and things of that nature. That's film is what we did. Like we do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But, uh, gaming is a big thing for me. I, I initially moved out this way to work or to go to school to be a game developer, specifically a game artist doing texturing and modeling and things of that nature. But somehow graduated as a VFX student <laughs> at some point that changed well over there. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, I don't know. I, I'm just really into it. Still really, really into it. And I am as well. So, which is why I wanted to get you on. Cause I know we can, we can talk. We, we've definitely talked games for, for, you know, a good bit before. So mm -hmm. I feel like we could definitely have a good conversation about everything that's kind of shown up. Um, last week we like shown up last week at E3, which is the big, for anyone who doesn't know the big conference that, uh, they pretty much premiere some of the biggest games of the year um, that are going to be released either, you know, this coming holiday season or sometime in the future. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of just to start out with, see what your thoughts were about. Uh, did you get the chance to watch any of any of the coverage on it? Yeah, I, um, my uh, roommate and I actually sat down and watched every press oh, conference. Really? Every, there was uh, the only one that I think during the week of was a uh, devolver digital 
Okay. Because last year they had that kind of weird one. Did you see that last year? No. I don't, um, I don't think I've ever watched it. It was Devolver. like a Devolver. They, have, they always do like a parody on press conferences. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I heard about that. Yeah. This year's own was like um, commentary on cryptocurrency and <laughs> microtransactions and stuff. <laughs> and I have to still watch that one. But all the other press conferences I, I saw pretty much right on time. Uh, this is the first year I actually sat down to watch it because oh, I was yeah. just really interested in all the titles. That they yeah. were talking about. I mean, yeah. you, you've seen, you saw it. Uh, you know, oh, so yeah. I there's some, there's some heavy stuff this oh, year. Yeah, like I didn't watch everything. Like I just watched the ones that I kind of was really interested in, mm-hmm. or the ones that I could catch. Right. Because I wasn't. E three is to that point now where, well, back when I first started watching E three, they still had channel, you know, like the G four channel, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. like they did like in depth coverage on e3 so i always go and sit down and watch like their live coverage that they always do you know that the guys from like the the attack of the show or um uh x play -Play. yeah yeah um they would always do all that coverage for it and that's like how i got or how i you know found out about a lot of things was from watching that right but then like you know that channel kind of dissolved over time and then you know the rise of doing live streams on the internet sort of brought that back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think last year or the year before, I forget what year it was. I actually watched the coverage on, I think Rooster Teeth did a, uh, an E3 coverage show. They did again this year. Oh, did they? Yeah. So pretty much in most tech outlets that do gaming, um, I, I watch Giant Bomb. Those guys have been watching for years, listening yeah. to their podcasts. And so my roommate and I watched their coverage, like did the live a live thing. But IGN had one, GameSpot had one. Okay. Um, yeah, I kind of figured yeah. they all had like so their own little live stream yeah. that they were doing. I just a went on, I think Twitch, Twitch, um, the the companies that were like hosting their official channels yeah. just had all yeah. the streams. Yeah, the stream, on. and then Twitch had their own stream as well, but it was like yeah. a variety of stuff, I think. Yeah. So I just, if I wanted to see something, I just went on Twitch, and I was like, oh, hey, there's Bethesda's mm-hmm. live stream. I'll just watch that on Twitch, and yeah. So it's it's so much different from then, like ten years ago when I was like watching it on G4. Yeah. Even the presentations are so different. I mean, yeah. I was just I was pointing it out to my uh, roommate because the PC gaming. Um, one it was very much a guy in a suit standing on a stage talking about it having the developers after the trailer come and talk about it I was like wow this is very old E3 yeah you know? it was like old E3 was like trying to be showy but it was kind of awkward it was like in this weird high school awkward phase still <laughs> for years <laughs> and then now uh, this year more than most years I feel like this year was more being entertainment altogether as a show rather than just yeah pushing out the games which, which makes sense to me because you can buy a ticket and go to E3 now. Right. You know, so they want to make it worth the money. There are a lot yeah. of people who fly out from Which, whatever state. I mean, they, they've done that before in the past, but I think it got to a point where they were trying to make it... I, I don't know if they were trying to privatize E3 at one point or what the... For, for years is. it was like that. Um, when when did it start? 99, 2000, something? Some, when they, actually, they started that. really doing E3 stuff. It, it was initially for... and. Uh, I could be wrong on this, but I think initially it was just for um, you're in the investors yeah. and the people, you know, putting the money towards these projects, right. and then just the developers and the news outlets. Because even back then, it was all magazine-based stuff, you know, PC Gamer magazine, and then um, Game Informer stuff like that. Yeah. The ones you go to read the the coverage for that, and there was no streaming back then. You no. Know? So. Yeah. Outside of tech TV, which became G4, there was no other way to right. 
watch E3 at that time, so I think I think like that's the difference now. Is there's plenty of people snuck in, and mm-hmm. then whenever YouTubers started becoming big, that's when they got their invites to go to E3. So I guess at that point they're like, let's let any everyone in because no one really wanted to go yeah. after a while. Well, I could have sworn like maybe when it was smaller that they had it more open to the public, and then at some point they decided to like. Because I remember when they had like the E3, what was it? The E3, were they called like the Booth Babes or something like yeah, that? Yeah, the the Booth Babes style. Yeah, yeah. Like and they had the and show they, floor. They, booth they were trying to make it like all flashy like that, and yeah. like, and then they tr- they decided like tone it back, and then they weren't like opening it to public anymore. I thought, my I could be wrong. You but. could, I mean, you could very well be right. I I don't remember honestly, because back then, yeah. it, back then I just kind of dealt with the aftermath of e3 in terms of information for okay. games and stuff i didn't i wasn't into the politics as much as i am now of, yeah. the, of the convention the way i think it was was the booth babes were a way to kind of course um good reviews from reviewers and such you know because <laughs> i remember i think i think like early websites like early ign had um segments that were like Hey, these are the best boot ba- booth babes of E3 or something of that nature. Yeah, it was just kind of maybe like, it's not IGN, but I remember going online and seeing that stuff back then. And I mean, you could tell that that was that E3 was still in their early stages, and they mm-hmm. were trying to. I don't. I think they were trying to get an identity, and they were thinking maybe if they did more of like a. I don't know, what the, like like in the, for like boxing matches. how yeah. they have the girls with like mm-hmm. the that. How, carry around the round cards yeah, or something yeah, like that they're yeah. like oh you know this will get people's attention and like or like know. the um the girls for like the racing stuff yeah like, yeah stuff like that yeah. I mean, it very well could be exactly that but gaming back then was still in that weird area of you know like grandma's boy you seen that movie yeah so very much in that area of hey everything's awkward and everyone thinks they're cooler than they actually are but that's true and i feel like they were kind of riding the line between being too superficial and being an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that is a good way of defining it. I mean there to even today that that can sometimes be applied. Yeah. So yeah. especially with um you know the 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 explosion of like streaming and some of these streamers and how much of a cart kind of a cartoon character like yeah. they they that what the kind of show that they put on just so that they can get like an audience it's a lot of energy yeah to do. a lot of energy i mean i i was just reading a an article today i think it was on like kotaku mm-hmm. um about like a streamer who like like his family was like like just came in like while he was streaming and stuff and it's like it was like a an article about like oh this is a reminder that uh streamers are still human beings and they have a personal life and you know that yeah you, you they're not just which is yeah. unfortunate, but I they have to remind people that watch streams that's the case. Yeah, I've, I've sat in streams where people just they treat the streamer like they're an animal in a cage, and I'm like, right. wait, hang like, on, dance, dude. monkey dance. Yeah, it's you like, know, it's it's people it's... people would say like, I donated five dollars. You need to do this right now. And I'm like, whoa, man, you need to take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's getting kind of crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're making uh, some of them are making a lot of money off of that, but yeah. at the same time, that's very taxing on them it is yeah and i I have a lot of respect for those guys who uh i mean this is very tangential for me three but i do i I do have a lot of respect for those guys and there's those people in general who can maintain that maintain their audience and still remain calm and then also have a social life yeah and do other stuff um that guy i don't know if you heard of the streamer ninja he streams Fortnite. yeah 
Um, he had the stuff with Drake and stuff. I used to watch Ninja before all that stuff happened. And it was interesting seeing it happen, but it's interesting seeing how he handles himself now. Because, uh, you know, the artist Marshmallow? He's a DJ. I'm not familiar with Marshmallow. Okay. He, d- he does EDM music. Okay. Um, or EDM style music. And uh, the other day I was in a stream and apparently he went to a tournament with Marshmallow or something. I was like, it's weird that he's just able to just play games with these big name people I now. Know, and it's, stuff. it's crazy. But he's a cool guy and he's trying to keep a very relaxed kind of good atmosphere. Yeah. So that's my contrast kind of hope for the future thing when it comes to gaming. Because E3 this year seemed like it was that middle ground. There were some press conferences that were... More than cringeworthy, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think I watched any of those. The, the big ones I really watched were um, Bethesda was the one that I was more most focused on. Yeah. But uh, um, I I did catch at least the video the the trailers they premiered for Sony's press conference. Um, I don't. I thought I can't. No, I didn't catch any of Nintendo's because it was like. I think it was during the day while I was at work or something. Yeah, and it was, uh, I think it was 11 in the morning our time or something yeah. of that nature. So, yeah. like, I, I completely missed it. But one of my coworkers, I, I would, like, walk past his desk, and he's watching all the Nintendo coverage. He'd be like, oh, Pokemon Go, huh? Or Pokemon Let's Go, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they show in some footage for that and just, like, ask him a bunch of questions <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> I actually uh, like the concept of that game. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people giving it hate, but they've—I think they've said that that's not even the main, the next main Pokemon game. No, it's, it's not. It's—it's a—it's kind of like. I mean, I feel like they're just kind of testing the waters with yeah. the new mechanics. Yeah. And I feel like if, um, if if those mechanics fly, you know, they might implement that in future games. You know, in sort of a hybrid setting between like the traditional formula and whatever new things yeah. they're trying. Yeah. You know, it's. I guess a lot of people didn't think of it this way, but they basically made a remake of the first of of the the Pokemon Yellow. You know. Yeah, I think I think they they've come out and said it's yeah. it, that's basically what it's basically it is. Basically, a remake of that, which hasn't existed yet. So I, it's kind of interesting that people are skirting over that fact and they're I mean, just they, jumping right into the the. They said that it's just weird, but I Pokemon Go wasn't terrible. You know? No, I started actually playing it again because they announced Let's yeah, Go. Exactly. And exactly. I was like, because they, they were like, oh, you can do all this stuff with both these games. And I was like, oh, well, then I should probably start playing it yeah, again. Yeah, it gives you a reason to start playing that again. You yeah. Know? Uh, that's, I, I think that's rad. I think that's amazing. I, like, I played it when it first came out, Pokemon Go, um, you know, which is a mobile game. Um, and I kind of immediately lost interest because there were so many limitations at the time that it came out and there was there was a lot of things that was that were broken in the game and it just kind of put me off to it Mm -hmm. and of course they fixed some things over time i mean there's still some things they still need to implement they just now actually announced i think that they're going to be putting in like actual trading and yeah i think so the ability to like have friends like Mm -hmm. like, i think Friends are in the game now, to a to a capacity is more just having them there. I don't think you can do anything with them yet. Okay, but I think that's what's coming next is the trading and maybe yeah. some other social so they mechanics. They, I mean, there's still like people still want the battling though, like to be able to battle your. Friends. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't put battling in the game yet. It, it like, makes no sense. That's like the core thing. It's like you catch these things and then you battle with them and then you can trade them occasionally. Yeah. It, 
I, I like that they have like the raids and stuff now. I haven't participated yeah. in any of that I, yet. I haven't I, done it either because it just looks like a huge commitment it, that I just I have, don't I have, have friends time who are, for. <laughs> dude, I have friends who are hardcore. Like on, <laughs> I see them on Instagram and it's like three in the morning and they're like, "Oh, there's a raid at this fountain. I'm gonna go participate." And the next next like story beat is like them and like thirty people in front of this fountain at three in the morning. I'm like, "What's happening?" <laughs> it's like it's like a cult. They're it starting is, a cult. It is. But like, um, crazy. I, I do like that that game is. I like the EV aspect of it because I think at some point EV was supposed to be like one of the starters instead of like one of the poster yeah. Pokemon instead of Pikachu, and I thought that was cool. But yeah, well, that's probably the version I'm getting because I've always been more of a fan of EV than EV's cool. EV has a lot more use. <laughs> yeah, I just I I feel like I not to shit on Pikachu, but I just I'm so tired of Pikachu. <laughs> I can't blame you. And they haven't really done anything cool outside. I thought like having Pikachu dress up in different costumes in some of those yeah. games was an interesting mix, but like it's the, like Do you remember this this which one was it that they had Pikachu? I think that was Pokemon Yellow where they did the surfing Pikachu. That was I believe that was yellow. Yeah. yeah. And they had a card for it as well. Yeah. yeah was back like, then. Oh my god, like yeah, it was you know Pikachu easily became the mascot. And this is this is some nerd Pokemon facts for anyone listening. <laughs> Who cares? Back then, um, Clefairy in the manga was Red's original Pokemon before Pikachu became the stable. And Clefairy oh, yeah. was able to talk back then. Yeah, if you ever look up like the early Pokemon Adventure manga, I think it's Clefairy instead of Pikachu. Yeah, I yeah. always that one's that's the one where the it's actually the guy's name is actually Red. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen like I haven't read it, but mm-hmm. I've seen it kind of. It like, might actually the one I'm thinking of might have had a different name than Adventures because in Adventures he had a Poliwag. Yeah, he had a Poliwag and then a Poliwhirl, and that was his yeah. starter. I like yeah. that. I mean, I just like the concept of that a lot better because yeah. like the the TV show Ash was just so annoying, and I just couldn't get over the fact that he was so annoying. Especially the uh, I recently recently as in like four months ago, but recently. I watched the first season in Japanese, like the oh, really? original just Japanese um, version of it with uh, subtitles, and I kind of liked it a lot better because just what was going on made a little more sense. It seemed a little less childish. Yeah, I'm sure the, the Japanese version they probably have different themes and the the American version, yeah, or the the, the American dub, yeah, right? or English dub, I yeah. should say. Um, so that's, I mean, which which at the time they did that for a lot of anime. Mm-hmm. They kind of, uh, you know, made it more for the kids because yeah. they felt like that was like the audience that would watch that kind of stuff. Right, exactly. But uh, that kind of evolved over time, obviously. So I'm glad that it did. Yeah. <laughs> so Same thing in games. Like, I'm glad that people are taking the time to actually properly dub games now and stuff like right. that. Because yeah. I, I actually played, what was it? They they released the Mega Man, uh, what was it Legacy Collection, mm-hmm. the, the second one. I picked that up on the Switch, and they had Mega Man Eight had still had the the anime scenes in it with like the really awful English dub. Oh, I don't man. know if you've ever seen. I've seen I've seen it. It is terrible. It is so bad, but in a way, it is beautiful. It is it, yeah. Way. It's like so bad that you just yeah. can't like it's it's just it's a relic of a time. You can't stop watching it. It's like it's like a car accident. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's horrible, but it, you just can't stop watching. Yeah, it. yeah. It is a meteor about to hit the earth. That's what that is for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. But the rest of Nintendo's conference was was nice. I saw people complained that there was it was mostly Smash. Was what it was. It was yeah eighty five percent Smash Brothers. But this Smash Brothers is what I would I I'd say it's like um 
Ultra Street Fighter 4, I believe it's called. What was it? Super Street Fighter 4? Which one was the second Street Fighter 4? That had all the characters. I don't know. Or kind of, let's, well, or I guess, Ult- Ultra was the last one yeah, they came out with. Ultra, so that, that one yeah. probably had all of the characters. Yeah. It's basically like that. It's like, it has. so this Smash Brothers has everyone that's ever been in Smash Brothers. Yeah. Everyone. And there's, did you watch the stuff for it? Any of it? Mm, not really. Okay. I, I kind of just read okay. up on it because, like I said, I, it was like when I couldn't watch it. I right. didn't really. It was cool. Um, it's not just that they put every character in there. They did so many quality of life stuff that I realized that they needed that time block that they put there. That's how many changes there are to the game. They, it's definitely more... I don't know how... Are you play Smash Brothers a lot, or have you played it a yeah. lot? Yeah, I, I was... Ever since Melee, I've played, like, every Smash Brothers game. Okay, so. all right, then you're right there with me then, yeah. yeah. It, it's more tournament-friendly now. So, like, whenever... Say if you're doing a 1v1, yeah. like, the score pops up on the screen after someone goes down. So, okay. like, say if someone goes, like, off stage, it will say, like, 1 to 2 or something, and then it zips right back off. And yeah. that, now it has, like, a Street Fighter-style versus screen. So you choose your stage first. Then you choose your character. And then after you choose your character, like, do a slash, and then it's, like, whoever versus whoever. It's really interesting how they do that. I think I read as well that that's Nintendo's intent is they want to get more into tournaments yeah. and more into, like the professional gaming leagues which i agree with because that's where a lot of fighting games are going now it seems like there's not even just tournaments but that hype level tournaments bring you know mm-hmm. um soul caliber the new one it has a lot of moments in it that are like slow-mo moments and stuff that when you watch it, you're like this is meant for a crowd to yell at <laughs> yeah you know I, I like that and this e3 to say to say the thing that i like that wasn't cringeworthy is that there wasn't much of that kind of esports heavy talk if you remember, like, like yeah. two years ago, even last year, there was a lot of talk of esports stuff. There was that one Battle Royale thing. Um, I think it was called, um, oh, man, what was it? It, it? it was, it's some philosopher. I don't remember the name of it. But it was, like, some Battle Royale thing that was during the Xbox conference. And they uh, had, like, these people show, shoutcasting it. Do you remember that from last year? Hmm, no. It was I real bad. I don't remember much from last year. <laughs> you know, honestly? <laughs> I think it's a good thing, arguably, for other reasons, but yeah. <laughs> just in life in general. But uh, they, it was just such a strange thing. This year just felt fine. Like, Sony did a cool... Some people think it's dumb. I thought it was cool. They shoveled all the people into, like, this hall that was a part of it. And yeah. the guy who composed Last of Us soundtrack sat down with a banjo and he played this little thing that I will argue was a little long, but I, I appreciate his music, so I appreciate him doing that. Yeah. But the the makeshift tent like thing that they were in or church like thing was in the last of us cutscene that they were showing the story oh, okay. stuff they were showing so yeah. it was cool to see that transition of this area because even even me sitting there i was like all right what the hell is everyone in here but then when they shut they started the trailer i was like oh this is cool that they have that kind of one-to-one situation i was i was really afraid that they were going to do a zombie outbreak situation in there i was like i don't know if that's exactly tasteful <laughs> Yeah, it's like you want to make it interactive, but yeah. only to a certain ex, you know, yeah. to a reasonable extent. And uh, yeah, and I can see people. I saw some people saying they were a little annoyed because after that, they had to get shuffled into another bigger place that had bigger screens for the rest of the press conference. Like that one place was only for Last of Us. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and that other thing was cool because um, they started Ghost of Tsushima. Did you see the trailer for that one? The gameplay stuff. 
Yeah, is that the that's a is that the samurai one? That's the samurai one. They have yeah. some they have some gameplay stuff. Um, the instrument I don't remember. Oops, I just punched that. Put a lot oh, of pop filter. Right. Yeah, the um instrument I don't remember the name of it. They had the guy who's like a master of it playing, and I and I just thought that was cool. Yeah, but it's Sony. They have the money. They have the resources. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But that game was one of the things that I was looking the most forward to this entire E3 and. It just blew my mind visually and in terms of combat and everything. It was insane looking. That's one I'd, I'd 100% recommend yeah, checking I th- out. I think Sony really, I think, kind of shined more than any of the other press conferences just because they had so much. Yeah. And and so many titles also that everyone are kind of looking everyone's kind of looking forward to i was gonna say i think sony had a lot of people had their eyes focused on it i mean ghost of tsushima um obviously death stranding um Uh spider-man last Mm. of us you know those are already and these are those are their big four but those are the four one the four that i kept seeing everyone talk about across the board you know i mean other announcements just throughout e3 i mean resident evil 2 remake yeah like that's an old, it's basically a new game. Like they went and they really remade it. It's not just a remastering. It's like an yeah, actual it's, remake. Yeah, it's not like what they did with the first Resident Evil. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's cool. And then um, Microsoft had some interesting ones when they bought a lot of those. Um, they bought a lot of those companies. So they have like a lot more first party companies now. Um, oh. The guys who did um, State of Decay, they own them now. So they're a Microsoft Studio. Which is expected because I mean, State of the Ki- State of Decay was outside of on PC only on the Xbox One, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah State of Decay was like exclusive to, I mean, console exclusive to the Xbox One. Right. Um, which they haven't been having much luck lately. I feel like with the exclusive titles because every, well, was it Battlegrounds was the other exclusive one they right. they brought over, and that one was had has it's probably st- I think still has a lot of issues with it. Yeah, the console um, one is, from what I've heard, pretty, pretty and it's still behind the yeah the, to the PC, PC version. Yeah. And then I think State of Decay also has its own issues with it as well. It's pretty glitchy, but the first game was pretty glitchy yeah, as well. The first game so. was like that too, yeah, from what I remember. Um, but they they showed Halo, Halo Infinite was their trailer. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't know if that's another mid mid. A lot of people are guessing it's a mid level game, kind of like how ODST was. Oh yeah, or uh, Reach. Or Reach, yeah. yeah. Um, it's called Halo Infinite, so who knows. They may, yeah, they may try I to get away from the number convention. I don't know. I kind of tagged out of the uh, Halo franchise after yeah, 3. I used to be a big, big fan of that. and th- Yeah, 3 was like the hardcore one for me, like 500 hours worth of game. Uh, yeah, I well, know. I didn't put that much into it. but I was, uh, I was 2 into 3. I, uh, I Basically, I beat the story, and then I played a little bit of multiplayer. Didn't really like the multiplayer and just kind of gave up on it. <laughs> yeah, and Halo 4 was okay, but... I, I fell even, off of that series yeah, as well. I and just kind of they showed the trailer for the next Gears of War game. That actually looked pretty good. I like I like this direction that they're going, being a little more serious with things. You know, because the original Gears of War was definitely like I'm a 16 year old boy. Yeah, and it's, drinking it's got that and listening to Disturbed. <laughs> it's got that campy kind of, you know, just. Let's see how much gore and just yeah. shooting stuff. Yeah. And there really wasn't much of a plot to the first game either. It kind mm-hmm. of, I could tell, like, I only ever played the first Gears. I think that's the only one I ever beat. Mm-hmm. But it, I've always kind of liked the Gears series. I thought um, they, they did a good job with it. It's just I've never really revisited the series right. other than the first one. Yeah. But I, I could see how it's kind of evolved over time and it's become more than 
what it originally was intended to be. Yeah, I um I right around when they reannounced when they had announced that new one last year, yeah. Gears Four, I was pretty much at a point where I was done with Gears because I, I played I played the first three. I played one, two, and three. Yeah. And around college is yeah when I started college was when three came out. And right. I played a lot of that with my friends, and that was cool because like, we like horde mode, horde mode stuff. So it was like cool, like playing that, just a good social game, really. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it just it just felt too edgy for me. <laughs> yeah. It just felt too like it was trying too hard to be something, really. But then um, this this new one has more of a story, better characters. The three the modeled characters in there don't look as space marine as they did in the first three games. So I like it. Yeah. And they don't look as like. Like they always looked like they were on steroids. Yeah, like one hundred percent. In the the original game, I just remember they just all looked like giant, like roided up football players. Yeah, I I um I read once that someone had said that they look like what a um an over overly mentally stimulated like twelve year old would think like a macho man looked like. Yeah, and I was like, no, that's true. That is <laughs> which which probably further grounds your. You, or you know progresses the point that you're making about how this is like designed for a younger audience yeah. or a teenage yeah. audience yeah so and the more recent ones are way more mature they feel like they the writing and just the way the character models look now it feels like they're trying to go more in a actual proper sci-fi area than trying to be this big gore fest yeah yeah which i enjoy yeah so yeah, that that's something i might have to look for look at and revisit because they they brought back I mean, you can still get all the Gears games, I know, from, like, their giant library of backward compatibility, mm-hmm. which is, like, the only console that's doing that anymore. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to keep an eye on that and see yeah. how that goes. Is there, uh, is there anything that you saw that you, like, really were into this time around? Well, the... Let me think. Yeah, there was... Um, like I mentioned, Bethesda's show kind of blew blew my mind a little bit. I didn't watch, I didn't get a chance to catch all of it, but mm-hmm. I thought they had the most that at least I personally was looking forward to. Right. Because they had, by the time I I uh, started watching it, I had already missed that they announced a new Doom game, which yeah. I, I went back and I was like, oh, like I, which I would have definitely been all about. Doom, I, I saw your your uh, oh yeah poster when I walked in yeah, there. The, Doom. The, because that is easily on my top five favorite games. Oh, since Doom forever. Doom. The whole series I've been playing since I was like, well, I used to, I. Doom's been like embedded into, like kind of like my gaming DNA because I used to watch my. I was too scared to play Doom when mm. it first came out, so I used to watch my older brothers play Doom. Ah. So I'd sit there beside them and watch them like go through. They had like the. Back when they had like those things called shareware discs. Yep. Um, they had like the shareware version of Doom, and I remember they also had Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. the original Wolfenstein 3D, and they would play those too. And I would just like sit there and watch. Of course, I like Doom was obviously a lot better just because there was more to it than Wolfenstein. But yeah. um, but I was always like intrigued by that and watched them play it and stuff. And then like years later actually got to sat, sit down when I got my own computer and like actually play through those titles and doom and doom two and was it ultimate doom and final doom. Final doom, Yeah. And then that was like around the time that doom three came out and I even played that all the way through and then it's expansion pack. And 
you know, even though people were like, eh, this, you know, this isn't like the original Doom, I, I still loved it. I was like, I, yeah, the, I, I didn't play as many Doom, like, but I, I had like the floppy disk, like, sheer, yeah, because it was my cousin's, and when I got my first computer, it was a uh, Windows ME. <laughs> okay. So I, it wasn't very good, and it was like it was like an old computer, it was but like I, the vista of its time. It was like I had if I was running Doom, I couldn't like run anything else on there. I couldn't do <laughs> sh- yeah. It was that level of old computer, but I uh, that series as well for me really set me on my path for like gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I used to play some stuff on an old Commodore back in the day, and that was cool too. But Doom was like really like what I stayed up and played. Yeah, Doom. Yeah, Doom. and the, and and then that version of Doom. I mean, the I still listen to the album. Mick Gordon's one of my favorite artists. Mm, um, the music okay. for that game is spectacular. Yeah, the soundtrack. The really soundtrack good. is so good, and the gameplay is unmatched. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I I definitely love that. I haven't gotten a chance to go get through the last Doom, but. I think it's mostly just because there's so many releases that come out and I just like Mm -hmm. I get sidetracked so easily nowadays and especially when I've been I've been much busier and all that stuff. But um, and then, of course, I'm I'm a huge fan of Fallout. So 76 was I mean, I take the good and the bad from 76. Yeah. Like the good being that it's new Fallout and it's like a multiplayer Fallout, which is a pretty cool concept. Yeah. And they said it's going to be survival based. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be kind of like playing. Well, they compared it to like Rust. They, they said Rust, which I wonder if that was them not knowing any other survival based games. Yeah. Because I think that's the worst one to, to call on based on just Rust. Well, the, the only ones that I was thinking of was like Daisy. You, yeah, you have Daisy. You have Ark. I guess Ark. You Ark, have, Ark is. You a, also have the forest. The forest. Yeah. yeah. You have that other one. You have Subnautica, and then you have like that other one that's like, it was like you had the goal. You were on a deserted island. I don't remember what the name of that one was. That came like right at the end of that trend of other ones. Of well, they just came stuff. out with a new survival one. What is it? The one where you're on a raft. Yeah, I, I think it, it's I think called. It, I think it's raft. called the raft. Yeah. The raft. Yeah. 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 You can't go in the water because of sharks that just eat you automatically. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 So like that's. But anyway, that's, um, I mean, I think that's a cool concept, and I love survival games, um, except for the, I mean, like, DayZ was a very frustrating game to play, but, uh, and, like, Ark, mm-hmm. um, for reasons that, like, I won't get into, but I'm sure <laughs> if you've played a survival game, you we, know. My roommate and I still play a lot of Ark. <laughs> yeah, Ark is, like, I love Ark, but I also hate it at the same time, because it's just one of those games where you can get fucked so easily in that game and lose everything <laughs> I, I play monster hunter so okay i'm, I'm well trained in, <laughs> in that. yeah so but uh yeah so th- this concept really sounds awesome to me and, and the way that um i can't remember his name he's like the face of oh, todd howard yeah bethesda yeah. um the way that he explained it seemed really cool like it's not going to be like those survival games where you're just going to you know, die and lose everything and lose your base and yeah. all this stuff. He says it's pretty easy to like pick back up where you left off. Yeah. And, which I, I, I'm glad that they took into consideration. They, they seem very self-aware with this one. You know, they even said private server stuff will be coming later. Not, not yeah. an initial release, but he said you can play like a single player game if you wanted to, you know, and a lot of people were upset because they thought that this was going to be much like Rust in these other survival games where it's, you're on a map with a bunch of people, and they can just mess your day up. Yeah. You know, they can just 
mess everything you're doing up and stuff. But and people are still kind of cautious about it, which I am yeah. as well. Yeah. I I like the concept of it, but at the same time, I I want another core Fallout game. Yeah. I <laughs> I think that I guess my worry would be how much are they going to have the game depend on online connectivity in terms of social stuff? Well, I read somewhere that they weren't even going to have like NPCs in the game. Yeah, which... I, I, I read that. I think there I think there was a counter argument saying that that would be something that would happen is that there will be NPCs. Yeah, because like the, like I don't know how you could play it. Like that would be strictly yeah. survival. I think I think the way that they and this is um, my prediction is the way they might handle that is have the vault 76 be your world hub that's where you'll probably be able to see quest on terminals or find things yeah. that's, that's where a lot of your like trophies in a sense world trophies will probably go because they showed that trophy case in the trailer that's yeah. probably where you're going to be able to do all your customization and everything but then as you start building your bases out there you can start doing that at those bases later yeah yeah so and just kind of create your own towns and environments yeah. that yeah you can get go to and i mean it's it's definitely an ambitious title mm-hmm. but i'm still kind of waiting to see how it pans out right which i which will actually be sooner than than we would expect because they're doing the beta so pretty soon here yeah yeah so i'm, I'm waiting i almost considered pre-ordering just so i could play the beta but i'm just i'm not convinced enough to put the money down for i think <laughs> I, I said i told my friends today i was like i'm gonna wait yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take time and wait because i'd like them to patch things out see how it's going the one thing for that game i don't like is that that collective find the codes and you can launch a nuke type that's, of stuff that's very metal gear solid 5 if you remember that did you see anything from that from um, metal gear solid 5 yeah. there was that thing where you you can either denuclearize everyone on their on their personal bases can get rid of all their nuclear weapons or you can start launching nukes at other people and i was like that's I never really played the the Metal Gear Solid Five multiplayer. I had so a friend like, who was obsessed with it, so I I just <laughs> I lived vicariously yeah, through him. He was obsessed with it. I couldn't like that's that's one of those series where I I think it's better just to keep it single player. But, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, people say the same for Fallout, and I think that this is something that's doable if it's handled well. You know, yeah. and I don't I I think that I've decided I made my my executive decision for myself was to not have any expectations basically forget that this is going to exist and just let this roll out and not try to hype up too much stuff. Yeah. That's, you know? that's the problem is that like, and I think this is kind of the downside of this internet culture, the, the rise of this internet culture is mm-hmm. that everyone can now share their, their expectations and their theories and their opinions. Yeah. And it starts to ramp things up to the yeah. point where there's more disappointment when they it ends up not being what everyone yeah, devises. Yeah, I, I, last year, like right before summer last year, I made like a decision to not indulge too much in internet level content. So, you know, you watch a trailer or a movie trailer and stuff and you you ingest it for yourself, right? Yeah. After that, I don't read anything on it. I don't go to anyone's opinions and I just keep it for myself so I can just go from A to B. I see the trailer, then I go see the movie. Or I, or I see the trailer for the game and I go play the game, you know. It's like this year I did the same thing and I was like, oh, E3 is all right. But I have so many, I know so many people who are just like, it was trash. It was horrible. I'm like, I didn't feel that at all. I thought it was great. Yeah. I enjoyed watching every I, press conference. I enjoyed EA's own, I don't know, An- e- Anthem's press conference thing. Part An- Anthem's part of that press conference was really disappointing. 
I didn't. I did not watch anything EA because I've disowned them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anthem, because I, I like I love Bioware, so Anthem is like that's the next thing coming out. I'm like, all right, Bioware, you yeah. guys messed up on Andromeda for, for Mass Effect. That doesn't even exist for me. <laughs> you know. I think after that whole thing, I don't know. Yeah. I just. It's not that they mess. I I don't blame Bioware for that. I blame EA. It's more so EA. As a, a, honestly, at, down everything from The Sims to what happened to Mass Effect to another Dragon Age probably never coming out. That's all on EA. Honestly. Yeah, EA is destroying their own company, and you know they're trying to defend themselves by saying, "Oh well, people just don't want single player games anymore. They want these vast multiplayer experiences." Which we're still not getting yeah. Battlefront two. Um. <laughs> they they had some Star Wars stuff. At, um, yeah, the, the they announced a new Star Wars yeah. game. Yeah, which I didn't really watch much about that. I it was okay. It wasn't. I, I I'm just not as impressed nowadays because I just don't know what's a money grab right now with that with that franchise. It just feels like it, I feel like in the right hands, Star Wars could be great. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be. Yeah. Like Lucas, I mean, LucasArts, they did all their own games. Um, but, you know, with that sale of Disney, it just kind of threw it up in the air. And unfortunately, EA was the company that got the licensing deal for Star Wars mm-hmm. until what year? It's, it's a limited time. It's Yeah, I, I'm sure they still have more years to go. I don't exactly know what year, though. I mean, they'll probably try and renew it, but hopefully Disney will... Who knows? Disney is like a, a, a tyrant at this point. Yeah, who who Disney's just unstoppable. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> just... They're completely unstoppable. But that's, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a whole different discussion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, EA... I don't know. They... It's going to take a lot for EA to write their ship, and I don't think, like, they... I feel like they have this sort of, at this point, this sort of narcissistic point of view in the way that they do business. It felt that way during their press conference. Like, arguably, a lot of people said that they are arguably the worst part of E3 this year, and I will agree with those people that they were probably the worst. Ubisoft was just out there and all over the place, very entertaining, like it was kind of it was it, depending on who you are, it's cringy to watch some of the stuff that happened. But was there they, just a they, lot of rabbits? No, they uh, <laughs> did. You, did you not see Ubisoft stuff? No, I didn't okay. watch any. They started of that off with one. Just Dance, so they played this video of a guy in a pa- of a person in a panda costume and a bunch of other people dressed up, oh, and they geez. came out dancing with like live music and stuff. And at first, I thought it was dumb, but then at the same time, I was like, if I paid like almost three hundred dollars to be sitting in this room. You might as well have a guy in a panda suit be on stage <laughs> dancing with a bunch of people, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. They showed some stuff. They showed some stuff from the Division Two, which was great. Oh. Um. They showed they showed actual gameplay with a new trailer for um, Beyond Good and Evil Two. See, that's like the only thing coming from from them that I'm actually looking forward to. Yeah. I'm. I have high hopes for Division Two. I I saw I, how the first division came to be and yeah. i just really kind of turned yeah. me off to they, that series they had to keep updating it to just fix so many and it just wasn't good not only no. that but that sort of genre that evolved from those games like the division yeah. and um 
why am I blanking on the name right now? Um, Destiny. Destiny. Yeah. Yeah, that short sort of genre where it's like, it's kind of the, the like loot a, shooter genre. Yeah. Yeah. It. I and, tried to get in Destiny. I yeah. tried so hard to get into Destiny. It was a social thing for me. Like I don't think I would have played as much Destiny One as I did if I didn't have other friends playing Destiny One. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, that's exactly it because that's why I tried to get into it because everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Destiny is great." And then I tried to get into it. and I'm like, like I can't. I don't see the reason why this is great. <laughs> right. It, I think it's like that level of like pro- progress versus grind. Mm-hmm. You know, because that game has a heavy grind on yeah. Destiny for weapons, for just armor and yeah. stuff like that. Even just watching videos like. Um, like I, I watched some of their like achievement hunters videos yep. on like destiny and how they would just like grind and they had, they would have to like devise strategies in order to get through like these, these loots or what whatever the, the raids, the raids. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's, see, that's the thing too, is like, and I guess so, so little, little just inside growing up, I played a lot of like South Korean MMOs, MMORPGs okay. and Chinese yeah. MMORPGs. And that's like a staple of those games. That's why they do so well in those countries and stuff. Cause it's like. Yeah, the amount of hours into grinding, but the raids are fun because it's like this big boss, and you have players who are logging on that you probably would have never seen before, who have crazy exotic gear and stuff, and it's like I want that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I understand the phenomena of it, but and the Destiny, I fell off of Destiny, but I play a lot of Diablo, so I I I do a lot of dungeon grinding style stuff. Yeah, I, I've been trying to get into Diablo too, and that's another one that I just I'm not sure about yet. Yeah, Diablo Diablo, I don't even recommend to people. I tell them that it's a that I, <laughs> I'm immune now, but I keep drinking the disease. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's how I am that's... for those style of games. It, uh, unfortunately, I'm a big JRPG guy too, so it's like I, games that involve a lot of grinding and character building. I just I think even, that it's part of my personality. Even like the the whole battle royale genre is it's it's evolved into sort of like that social aspect of yeah, and it's it. it it, it spread so fast so quickly, yeah. you know, like uh, I saw a lot of people when Fortnite came out, they were like, obviously that South Korean court thing that just happened. Right. With uh, Tencent and um, them, which is weird because they own shares in both sides. Tencent's one of the biggest, for those of you who don't know, Tencent owns a, a lot of video game companies. They own a lot of just stuff in general. Honestly, yeah. I believe Tencent owns a lot of stuff. So chances are your favorite TV show, your favorite music artist, they probably are owned by Tencent in some way. Um, they uh they that whole stuff in South Korea like it won't won't fly here but it'll fly there but you know people are saying that they copied off PUBG but i it's epic games you know and it's like and PUBG is using the their engine their engine yeah. so and also Fortnite outside of the concepts that are similar it's a very different game yeah yeah it's a completely different game i've actually started getting into Fortnite recently and yeah. i actually enjoy that it's a good sit down play a few yeah, kind of game it is, and win or lose, it's like yeah, this is satisfying. You know, the art style's not a, it's non abrasive. You know what I mean in terms of art, sound, stuff like that. You get in there, you do what you got to do, you get out. You know, the building aspects crazy. If you ever seen high level Fortnite play, I don't know how people construct yeah, I, castles in thirty seconds just yeah, to fight people, one dude. People just like throw up these giant towers while they're like picking off people mm-hmm. with a sniper rifle. I'm like, how are you doing this? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. it's crazy and. You know, I the reason I got into it was because, and of course, I'm I'm such a um, Nintendo fanboy. So mm-hmm. the, for when they announced it was coming out the night of their conference, I yeah. was like, "Up, oh, I'm now playing Fortnite." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and it, it'll do. It's gonna do great on the Switch. 
Yeah, you know, I think it'll do great when it and, and it's out. It's out, and it has crossplay too. Yeah, and the crossplay thing's amazing. And actually, the crossplay for Nintendo opened up um, the discussion about why Sony doesn't have crossplay, mm-hmm. and it's been like really ramping it up ever they, since. That. Sony's just always been weird. I mean, do you remember in PS3 when Sony was trying to do that thing with Steam? There was Vaguely. A, there was a time where you were able to log into your Steam account on your PS3. Okay. And I believe that was around when Portal 2 came out on um, PS3. Okay. And out of that never went anywhere. It just kind of just disappeared. And yeah. that's it. I don't I don't think Sony wants to do cross-platform stuff, and I don't understand why. Well, I actually just read an article today that a former executive of Sony said that the whole reason was because of money. That's all. He was like, it, basically, it what, it, basically what it comes to, <laughs> what it comes down to is... Sony didn't want to lose money, and that's why they don't want to make it, you know, if a, you know, like, well, you could play this on our console, but if you're, you know, decide to play it on another, like, if if, I, if we're sharing that with another console, then we're losing that aspect of, right, you know, right. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I say this all the time. I 1,000% don't work on that level of money making or money sharing or spending so yeah. I, I i can't say i understand all the logistics to it but there's a fundamental area of just playing video games with other people that i think they're missing out on you know yeah the the, the big and this this goes back to sort of the e3 conversation like those those big gaming companies i don't think they're what's what's well, they're they've kind of lost like the principle of it. Yeah. They, they've kind of lost the principle of it. I was, I had the words and I can, I can't think of what I was going to say, but basically, you know, they're, they're not connecting with their players anymore. Yeah. No, they're because not. they get to such a level, you know, beyond, you know, they grow to that, you yeah. that height and they're not thinking about, they're just thinking about a business at that point. I was going to say, I think like what what it comes to now is you have this separation of creativity and investment, and yeah. they will always favor investment. Yeah, that, that's basically, they, they want to please the investors, so yeah. that's why they're going to be like, well, we can make money from loot boxes, yeah. and we can make money from this why and that. Look and how we have Battle Royale games in our mainstream now. You yeah. know, you, the new Call of Duty has a Battle Royale mode. Right. They Battle- want to capitalize yeah. off of that. Battlefield now has a ca- Battle Royale mode, which is weird to me because Battlefield, in a way, has always been Battle Royale for how big the maps are and how many players that's are true. in there. Because there was Deathmatch in Battlefield. So it's like, yeah, that's, I, that's basically the, Battle Royale. The term Battle Royale, yeah. I feel like which, people people don't understand the term Battle Royale. Battle Royale has been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, look at the movie, which was a manga beforehand. The movie right. Battle Royale, which is what this is all based on. And Funny enough... <laughs> The first, like, Battle Royale, you can say game mode, really? Because you know how, like, um, PUBG is saying, like, they coined a lot of this. Minecraft had a Battle Royale mode way back when Minecraft was... When Minecraft started getting big yeah, on YouTube, they had that. the Minecraft Hunger Games, but they called it Minecraft Battle Royale yeah. back then. It and was the Minecraft Hunger Games mode, and it was literally this. You run around, you have nothing, you find a chest, you probably get food, you probably get a bow, whatever, and, and you get to be the last person alive, and that's it. And that's basically the concept behind games like 
Rust and Daisy and all that. That's basically a battle royale game. Yeah, but it's like more like a survival. It's, it's survival because you don't permanent. You permanently lose your items on you, but you don't. There's no perma death. You don't get kicked off the server. Yeah, like like you do it in PUBG or Fortnite in a way. Yeah, but so basically, PUBG and Fortnite, they're like stream. It, in my mind, mm-hmm. they feel like they're just streamlined versions of games like Daisy and Rust. I'd agree. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, look at PUBG. I mean, the guy, player unknown himself. I forget his name. I think his name. I don't remember. I don't, what, know. I don't remember what his name is, but he himself, he was a modder for Daisy. Okay. This mode that he created. What I mean, battle, uh, PUBG is his mode that he created for that. I believe that he separated from it because everyone was just playing that mode. He separated from it to create his own thing. I think that's the way it went mm-hmm. with that. So it's like it's not even, it's not even like this was anything that's too original to begin with. No, but it was, it was just upsetting to see like the new Call of Duty game, like Black Ops Four, having yeah, a battle royale mode. Trying, and, they're trying to cash in at this point. Yeah. and they, they're they're like and they they're they're spinning it as oh this is our version of it, and I'm like everyone's version is a version of it. Hunger Games is a direct ripoff of the Japanese movie Battle Royale. You know. Yeah. It's it is a everything is derivative of something else. So I mean, it's and that's how it's always been. I yeah. mean, the, 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 we're gonna keep as we progress. It's just that's how it's gonna happen. It's yeah. gonna be a a derivative of something else. Mm-hmm. And we, I think, people need to keep that in mind and keep the lawsuits to a minimum because you're kind of yeah. losing the message at that yeah. point. It, I think <laughs> I think the way it works in South Korea is they look they look create like cause creativity in that country is taken so cre- so critically like professionally yeah like much how business people are seen in this country right. over there if you were like that's why they have like pop idol schools and like esports schools there because it's like if you take like a creative thing that is like something they look up to yeah which, oh south korea which i think is great you know <laughs> oh yeah a lot no. of brain power goes in that stuff yeah you know? i mean if if you have a passion <laughs> for that kind of stuff that's great that there's an outlet for yeah, that exactly you can go to school and actually be financially supported for it yeah exactly <laughs> i mean that's you know here in the United States, it's a it's a lot different. Yeah, it's so, a lot different. Like it's 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 a it's a dog eat dog world, mm-hmm. and you can't. I mean, yeah, you you could follow your dreams, but it's it's not always guaranteed, and there's right. not always like people or a, a community there to support it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, so. exactly. And it's it, I just wonder where this is going to go with this, I, and I think the battle royale thing is going to fizzle and die because it's. There's just too much of it happening now. Yeah. Every other every other game has is going to seemingly have a battle royale mode in some way, and there are so many fake versions of PUBG between the phone and now on VR. There seems to be like two or three different battle royale VR games now. Yeah, and it's I just saw one on Steam that was like they were marketing it as a ripoff of PUBG. I can't remember the name of it now. I yeah, um there's a channel on YouTube called Node and they uh they play that one a lot actually. Well, I'll just pull, I'll pull up Steam on my computer okay. right now and I can find it cuz I guarantee it's right on the front page. Mm-hmm. Cuz I just saw it. It makes me wonder what's next, you know, who's the next one to try to do a battle royale-esque thing, you know. I don't know. I I'm tired of I, hearing about yeah, it. Yeah, it's I feel like I feel like in this kind of fight, Fortnite won the fight. You know, yeah. I feel like Fortnite won the fight until until something comes out. Because even visually, to watch Fortnite's more interesting for me to watch than PUBG personally. So it's like I I feel like they've kind of won this this kind of battle royal fight. Find something new to do, in my opinion. Well, I think 
Honestly, I think Fortnite had potential before they decided to jump on the Battle Royale train. I really liked that Horde stuff that they came out. Yeah. I, I was waiting because it took them years to actually talk about it again. It was like maybe almost four E3s ago now that they showed that first trailer. For, yeah, um, I remember Fortnite. watching, I think, again, it was Achievement Hunter. They were playing, when it first came out, they were playing those Horde modes. And I was yep, like, the demo that's a really it, yeah. cool concept. Yeah. I, like, I like that. I thought I thought it was really cool. And they had all this lore set up for and it then, and everything. Yeah, And then they were like, oh, Battle Royale, and let's forget everything else that we had on, yeah. in this game. And you're just like, well. And I, I was I was disappointed at first. Like, I 100% was. And then I thought about marketing, and I was like, no, they are, this, this strategy, they came in at the pinpoint time. Yeah. To market a battle royale I mean, game based yeah. with that style and such. From, from a business perspective, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, but again, as a gamer, a little disappointing. It was disappointing. Yeah, it was. And unfortunately, like there, when it comes to gaming, and that's what I learned this E3. I think I think my age has caught up with me yeah. <laughs> in terms of a game. In terms of gaming, because I've been gaming for a lot majority of my life. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I think it caught up with me where I see people looking at the, a lot of trailers in A3 and just on Twitter and stuff, they go, eh. And I'm like, what do you mean, eh? What the hell do you mean, like, eh, for some of this? I, a lot of this stuff is really rad, you know? I don't think people understand either at this point in time, maybe because the market's getting a little too oversaturated. I'm not sure what the, what it yeah, is, I, I but think, a lot of work goes into these games. Yeah. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Like, these are people's lives. They're working you know, long hours and, you know, missing their families. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to like the kind of the similar concept of these streamers that people don't see that, you know, the people that work on this stuff yeah. have, you know, these personal lives and they're, they're putting a lot of time and effort into yeah. you and know, their trying. product. They're trying to not only survive on themselves, but they're trying to be an entertainer. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining to someone recently that it's it, just because the, the fashion of how it's presented is different. They're very much doing what a celebrity does before they become a big celebrity. It's a constant struggle. It's starving. It's not having an audience all the time. It's having a very small pool of people knowing your name. And it's you putting more effort to give yourself work than other people trying to help you do it. You know, if, if I wanted to be an actor and move out to California, that's exactly the same way I'd be living. You know? yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a tough life and people you know, don't always succeed. And that's the, you know, the sad truth about it. But yeah, I have so much, I have so much respect for people who work in game in gaming. Like you, they're mostly underpaid. The amount of hours is that's right. Beyond what I could even imagine having to work on something. And when something doesn't work and you have a deadline, like I couldn't imagine the amount of stress on, you know, to deal with. So that whenever stuff like, again, Ghost of Tsushima, because of how good it looks and just how it plays and stuff like that, like me looking at that, I'm like, we're hitting some kind of uncanny valley of dark future. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even look at the cyberpunk stuff, which was my, which oh, was my biggest I just, thing. For I this. actually just looked at the cyberpunk trailer today. Yeah. And I was just blown away by that, it. That's been what I was been waiting for. Like I, they showed that trailer five years ago. Now the original trailer with the girl who had like the blades coming out of her arms. Do you okay. Remember? I, yeah, that I was remember that far back. <laughs> that was five years ago, man. Oh. That was when they showed, um, when, um, Quantic Dream showed their, that PS4 trailer when they were building an Android. Do you remember okay. that? So years ago, they showed that trailer. You could probably still find it, but that Android. If you did, you play any of Detroit Become Human? No. Or watch anything from it? I I watched a little bit of it, and I just kind of I was turned off by the con the idea behind the game. I liked I, it. I was surprised that I liked it because I don't typically like anything written by David Cage. 
<laughs> well, David Cage, what is what else is he famous for? Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls. See, um, those games I could never get into. Right. And that was the reason. Like, just that story. I guess, I don't know what, what, what how you would describe the genre. It's more like a storytelling, like I, I interactive would, story. Yeah, I would say, I would, and I, I, I recently, just because of this particular game, because of how it was done, I would say I would call it interactive cinema. Yeah, the way it is interactive because cinema. That's, that's what I would. That's, that's what I would call them. Yeah, because it, especially the amount of writing that went into this, and they have actual actors and actresses who were just right in this game, which is insane seeing them in these roles. I mean, the guy Hank, who's one of the detectives that you do, who's a partner of one of the androids you play, he's the guard from Shawshank. Same guy. Okay. Same face. You know, stuff like that. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, but, but um, but that the 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 woman android Kara that you play in Detroit, she was that she was that android they were building like five years ago in that PlayStation Four trailer, which oh, I thought wow. was cool that that's a connection that's cool that they put together, which is interesting, you know. But but yeah, going going back to like that, it's like I watch that stuff and I'm like the amount of hours, man. Look at that look at that Cyberpunk trailer. Did you imagine having to 3D model and animate all of that? Yeah, dude, that's a, that's a lot of manpower, <laughs> a lot of hours. You know, it's just a lot in general you know, goes into that. And, and, and then, you know, I go on Twitter the day after and I have people who are just there like, wasn't into it. I'm like, what do you mean, dude? And this goes back to the conversation <laughs> that I had at the beginning where, you know, there's still those people out there that they're kind of, how, what did we say that, that we mentioned how, what was the discussion we had like at the beginning? I'm already forgetting about kind of like the nerd culture and oh yeah like how it how it, it had like this kind of appearance in the back in the day where it was very superficial yeah yeah and, and like an adam sandler movie almost. and yeah. and that's still unfortunately it still exists with the these kinds of people who go on and they're just like eh, they're very whatever. elitist about everything about what yeah. they're what the real the good games are and it's like you know you can only play cod so many times or not many. Not everybody's into civilization. It doesn't make it the best game in existence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, it, that stuff. That stuff personally or, bothers uh, me. What, what was it? The one for me, Undertale. Under. <laughs> I was like, but you, you, you don't play Undertale. You, you live. You experience I, Undertale. I'm Undertale like, uh, is interesting because it's like <laughs> there's a subculture, I believe, of. Um, and I would consider myself one of them, like a subculture of like emotional gamers. And they play games like they get really attached to concepts and characters and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like but I, I appreciate that because I appreciate that in media and shows and stuff like that. I, when, it, when a game has a character I'm attached to, I'm like, that's good writing. If that's a well-written character, I can tell. I'm like, that's Absolutely. But when it becomes a little too much and then no other game, they, people are like no other games as good as this. Because I've seen people say this isn't, a good, as, this isn't as good as Undertale for some games. I'm like. You need to back up a little bit, dude. <laughs> yeah, not every game is going to be that. It yeah. is, in its own right, you know, accomplishes what it set out to do, but it's not like, you know, you can't really hold it on a pedestal. No, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, and I saw a lot of people saying that stuff about Nintendo this year, where they were like, Nintendo is just getting worse every year. And I was like... I well, mean, they, their stock did drop, but I think it was just that... I don't know. Maybe investors were expecting more out of Nintendo that's, this year. That's what I think happened. Again, it was major- it was majority Smash Brothers. They showed a trailer for some mech game. I love mechs, Gundam, whatever. Yeah. I love mechs. So anything mech, <laughs> you know, I will I will sit there and enjoy it. But the trailer wasn't that good. Um, the only other Nintendo stuff that you really saw out of E3, what didn't involve Nintendo, it was at Ubisoft's conference. 
they showed um for rabbits next big thing is with donkey kong that's right the the expansion yeah or the dlc and then there's that ubisoft game where you attach like a little modular ship to your it's a toys to life yeah, series it's it's like star wing star it's, it's either star wing or it's like star or something star something um but they they have fox mcleod as yeah. the next new thing Which, in there, yeah. When I first saw that, I, I saw Fox. Like, I didn't I didn't see what the title was. I just saw Fox McCloud. I was like, yes, new Star Fox. And yeah. I saw it was It was just like, play as Fox McCloud yeah. on this game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, not new Star uh-huh. Fox. <laughs> yep. So, it, <laughs> so I can understand why, but, you know, I... I love Nintendo. You know, it's and there's a modesty to the way that they present these things, and they're a hardworking company. Yeah. Some some people argue here and there, but I I always I'm always going to look at them as the fathers of gaming. I mean, Nintendo before they did video yeah. games, they were around since eight, eight, eighteen eighty something or something like that. They I, were a card shop back then. And as big as they've gotten, I still think that they you know, unlike EA, you know, Nintendo still, I mean, sure they they seem to sort of disassociate themselves with their fans with some of the decisions they make. Yeah. But at the same time, they still, you know, they still listen to their fans and they still, yeah. they, they seem like a, a very down to earth company. They, they do. And they're still very Japanese yes. in terms of like practice and execution for a lot of stuff. That's what I mean. I don't think that they ignore their fans 100%. I, I just feel like they understand that innovating on something, it was, will be way more beneficial in the long run than yeah. actually trying to appease everyone. Yeah. Exactly, and which I I understand. I mean, you know, something like the Wii U, you know, it's important to take a chance like that. Yeah, because it, it even if it doesn't work out, there's still you know they they can build upon that for the future. Yeah, and I, it, it was so once again going back to that sort of like toxic environment on the internet at that time when mm. we when Nintendo still had the Wii U. And it was just everyone's like, oh, the Wii U is destroying Nintendo. This is the end of Nintendo. Yeah. Like, they're yeah, never going to come back from yeah. this. And, and I'm just like, people were you saying know that about the are. Game Boy Color. About the Game Boy, about the, I think the Game Boy Color, people were saying that same thing. Yeah. Or about the Game Boy. They were or like, the game, I think it was GameCube. No, yeah. yeah, the GameCube. I believe the GameCube, people were like, what the hell is this thing? And yeah, this game, is, like, this is the end for it. Like, the game, I remember people were like, the GameCube is like the end for Nintendo. Yeah, which it's, like it's def- it definitely wasn't. It definitely was like, it's still one of the most looked. At, yeah, like I think premium consoles from back then, one of the most indestructible consoles. I think that's how I, I honestly think that's how the Wii U is going to be viewed like 10 years from now. Yeah. Like they're going to be like, wow, this is actually pretty cool for you People, know what it was. I, I, again, I, we live in a time and this is kind of like at the end of E3, this is what I was telling my roommate. I was like. We live in a time where a lot of people, a lot more, we live in the communication age, you know, the biggest communication age in human history. Absolutely. And stuff. Yeah. We live in a time where we have other gamers and stuff who are just getting into this, who maybe sprinkled a few games here and there, maybe a Mario 64 here and a Crash Bandicoot there, but who haven't played as much as you and I when it comes to gaming. So now that they're older and they have money and time, they are, they're getting more into it and then they feel they have opinions they can have on everything. Yeah. But, you know, I, I come the way I see gaming is like, no, the Wii U is just one of many consoles. I mean, they there was that Nintendo PlayStation that's, you know, like was right. a, a mythical until it was proven that no, this was going to be a probable thing, you know. And then you had look at the past. Um, Panasonic had a game console, you know. You had how many? You had the Dreamcast that ended up dying, and that that was just because people stopped buying it, you know. Yeah. You had how many versions of the Sega console out there? You had 
the Super Nintendo, you had the NES, you had all these step-down consoles. We had the N-Gage back then. The Nokia N-Gage. The Nokia N-Gage. And there's so many people I know who don't even know that was a thing. You know? I remember that. You know, and the only reason I wanted to get it was because they ported Red Faction. Red Faction. Yep, that was, that was my was reason like, for wanting. Oh my it god, too. I want yeah. a portable Red Faction. Yep. You know, there were there were so many in betweens. I mean, look what happened with the Game Boy Micro. You know. Yeah. You know, there were so many, and that's the thing that happens is you're going to be able to experiment, and I I think that a lot of companies, Western companies, are afraid to do that because they're they they're so concerned about the public eye because mm-hmm. investors are concerned about the public eye. We have a com- company like Nintendo that's still largely based in Japan with a lot yeah. of the stuff they do. And the way things are handled are a lot different. You know, having to cater for a Western market and, and a Japanese market, that's a difficult juggle. You know, like Ridley's only in the game because the Western market wanted it for the new Smash. You no, know, no, the no, Japanese I... did not like Metroid. They don't, they don't care about Metroid there. It didn't do well in that country. It, does, it did well here, though, you know. Mm-hmm. So you I know, mean, which is why we're seeing like Samus Returns and... Yep. And uh, Met- Prime Four. Yeah, Prime Four. Yeah. Which, I, well, did they ever come out and say who is developing Prime Four? Prime Four. It's not retro, right? It's not. I I just had this conversation. I forget who developed it too. Crap. I just had this not too long ago. But um, you know, that's the reason they're doing it because it's they they know it'll do well here. You know? It's just the fact that it's not being developed by retro is just kind yeah. of a disappointment. Other M wasn't developed by them either. Was it who, who did no, all that? No, it was. That was, um, was that? Um, it was like a collaboration between Nintendo and um, Namco. No, not Namco. No, so it wasn't Namco. Um, it's another, it's a, another Japanese development company. I can't yeah, I don't, I don't remember name. who they collabed with for other M. It was. Oh, uh, Team Ninja. Oh yeah, Team Ninja. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, team, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Team Ninja. Did right. Did or developed it yeah and yeah i i wonder because we still have tgs coming up here around the corner we still have gamescom gamescom's gonna have releases and it's gonna have more trailers for stuff yeah you know so there's i mean uh, so that's why i told a lot of my friends i said hey even if you were disappointed by e3 you got to remember that this the e3 used to be the big one we have packs now we have packs south east and west now you know we have Gamescom, which is the over in Europe, which is huge. Gamescom has become so big in the last like three years. TGS is gonna have a bunch of the Japanese games. I want to see more Devil May Cry stuff. I was really excited for that. Yeah, yeah. The, that trailer was really. I, I didn't. I, I didn't get a chance to see that trailer, but I saw. Have, it, it, I think it's, it's. Did you play the Xbox 361 Devil May Cry 4? No, I haven't played any of the Devil May Cry games. <laughs> Those are good. Yeah, I, I like them a lot. Um, you played Bayonetta. Yes, Bayonetta I've played. Same same company, same okay. concept. Same concept of, of as Devil May Cry yeah. in terms of combat and such. Right. Um, at Platinum Games, yeah. So Devil May Cry, Plat- I believe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, it looks good. It looks real good. It has the attitude from DMC, and it looks like they took some stuff out of like the anime and manga content from Devil May Cry while bringing back some of the old tropes from the game. So I like the way it looks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm again. There was so much this year to be happy for, in terms of that. I will say the PC conference was <laughs> weird and kind of cringy and disappointing. If you see any bad E3 compilations, you're probably going to see a lot from the PC gaming conference. Well, PC can't really have like its own exclusive conference because there's. I feel like there's a lot of PC games out there and a lot of PC gamers, but 
a lot of it is also not very exclusive to the PC, so it's not. They had they had stuff that was like Anno, and they're bringing back Theme Hospital, and, <laughs> and this is like stuff I've never heard so, of. So yeah, so th- those are those are your <laughs> those are your games that have always been on PC, like yeah. exclusive, like in on Steam or on any sort of download capacity. They've always only been released on PC. And maybe that's why I haven't heard of those. Yeah. Because it's just something I never really got into. Yeah, like I, I, I play my PS4 more nowadays. I have a lot of PC games, but some stuff I on Steam, like Half Life and a lot of the Half Life episodes. I don't know. I have like 400 games on Steam, so I don't even know. Oh yeah, I, I have anymore. a ton of games on Steam yeah. as well, and it's just it's hard to go through that whole library and decide yeah. what I want to play. Yeah. Right now, I'm going through because of 76. I'm um, just going through like a Fallout phase. Yeah. So I've been playing a lot of Fallout games. Yeah. You know, going back to the Bethesda conference, there was one thing I was disappointed by, um, and we spoke about this earlier on our show. Um, I it is ten years from when Fallout Three came out, but then their anniversary was about Fallout Shelter, and not Fallout Three. That's true. You know, you I, I what I expected. What my 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 prediction was, hey, we're probably gonna get Fallout Three on the Switch. And probably get a remaster for the other consoles or something, you know? Because it's like Skyrim came out on the Switch. I was like, they can definitely. That's right. And I, I was kind of looking, hoping that because Skyrim came out for the Switch, that they would port some other stuff to the yeah. Switch. Even even if they just put New Vegas on the Switch, New Vegas yeah. was great, you know. Even if they just put New Vegas on well, the Switch it, or something. Or, yeah, people are like obsessed with New Vegas still. They're like, oh, nothing will ever be as good as New Vegas. Like, uh, oh, I, 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 we can step back. I just like they, New Vegas. You know, I was like, yeah, New Vegas had a great story and all that. But yeah, uh, I, don't th- I wouldn't go and say that. I think every every Fallout game had its you know its yeah. perks to it. I, I like New Vegas more than three personally. Maybe it was the time in, where I was in my life back then, or just what I needed to See, play at the time. But I think I liked three more. Mm-hmm. But that's only because I I liked. I think I like the environments more in the game. Like I was I more more into yeah. the 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 capital wasteland than I was New New Vegas or what do they call it? Not New Vegas. They call it um, the is it the California Republic? Something like that. I don't remember. They they or talk New California Republic. They talk about it in four a little bit. I think there's some stuff about it in four. Um, um, or is that an organization? I can't remember now. I, don't I was remember. just playing New Vegas too, and I can't remember <laughs> anything about it. But but that was my that was my ultimate disappointment with it is i know a lot of people who like fallout shelter it's cool that they're bringing it out on the switch and ps4 yeah but i played Fallout shelter for all of 25 minutes and then never played it again yeah it's one of those games where i like to play it when i have some downtime but like i'm not gonna like obsess over it i that that was pokemon go for me was like I'll just pull. The, I'll just take this out to see what's in the area. Put my phone back away. Yeah. You know, and or I'm just like I'm. I'm sitting in like or I go down to the Starbucks down the street and mm-hmm. like there's like two Pokestops. Like the Starbucks itself is a Pokestop, and then there's one right across yeah, the street. Just from grind, it, just grind and items. Just like yep. farm all the yep. items just from there. Keep getting those items. Yeah. I that gives that's a little more interactive to me and worth my time than a Fallout Shelter. But that's my personal taste. Our personal taste, I guess, in that yeah. regard. You know. But apparently, people a lot of people still play that game enough enough to warrant a an, another release like this you know they they wouldn't just release this because they personally believed that well the people loved it they're also not really losing money on it yeah exactly so because i don't know yeah that older scrolls mobile look cool yeah i i don't know i'm 
I'm worried that it's going to be almost too much like a mobile game. It looks, I mean, it, it might, uh, that's what I'm worried about too. My, I, I'm worried about microtransaction-y stuff being in there. But it seems like there it is so far what they're saying. It's just dungeon crawling and it's very old Elder Scrolls style type of type of stuff, which I think is cool. You know, to bring that back in a way. Yeah, maybe that'll like please the the people who are like, oh, Morrowind's the best Elder Scrolls, which nothing, I just don't understand. <laughs> nothing um, will ever beat Morrowind. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god. And then you know, and then they should they have Sky they have the Elder Scrolls six coming out skyrim not yeah. skyrim sorry it's skyrim the Elder scrolls 6 coming out and i think that's I, I see a lot of people who are really hype on that but i also know a lot of people where their gaming started on skyrim so i can see why skyrim you know it was definitely defining for a lot of reasons yeah and a majority of uh, I would say uh, majority of my more recent life gaming like friends I game with now, they really started putting hours into a video game on Skyrim. That was their first time putting like mm-hmm. sixty hours almost weekly on a game. So yeah, it's it really has the kind of following to it. And this is the downside to leaving my window open. <laughs> get that kind <laughs> well, of dude. Noise. Same thing. You got you have motorcycles. I get trucks. It's just it's, it's either that or we suffocate in this room. So yeah, <laughs> I completely understand. So yeah. yeah, it's and going back to kind of defining media like video games as a medium, mm-hmm. like and this has always been an interesting conversation. I've always wanted to have it. Like stepping away from E three. Yeah. Do you consider, and this is always, I've written articles about this in the past. Do you consider, do you consider video games an art form? I do. Yeah. Yeah. There's, whenever you have an idea, shape, color, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, you put that on paper and you draw it out, you write it out, you know, sketch it, you just make it physical. That's art. You know, you have a collaborative effort done by uh, 50 to 100 people doing that that's a larger art piece you know gaming in general even down to just the coding coding is an art there's an understanding and a stroke to that you know much like a master painter that you and i probably couldn't fucking understand yeah right (laughs) but seeing a person sit there in front of a keyboard with their eyes focused in and they're bringing life and movement to something basically by just ones and o's that's art you know, so to me, uh, gaming itself is an elaborate art piece. You know, that that's how I feel. It's much like you may have a painter. Say, 2018, we have a new age painter, right? Someone made that canvas. Someone sliced the wood that canvas is sitting on. Someone made that palette. Someone made those paints. You know what I mean? All these collaborative efforts to create art. It's art. That's the way I see it, at least. I find movies to be art. I find music to be art because of that collaboration. Because it all starts from just a general idea. Yeah. And it's sketched out in its own unique way. Yeah. And then the other thing that's always argued... I think I wrote um, an article arguing against... Who is a big critic against... um, video game as an art form it was um he passed away a couple years oh, ago i know i, I know uh, his face i don't know his name. I forgot his name roger ebert yeah yeah he was always against considering like he he was a big movie critic and he considered movies you know an art form um something that was up there with you know, classic art mm-hmm. pieces and things like that 
but he said video games will never get to that point. I, in college, met someone because I, I eventually switched over. When I, I was in graphic design, when I switched over to visual effects, motion graphics, yeah. we had to work a lot with film students. And I met, I worked with someone who was exactly like that. Who really? Did not, who, he was like younger than me, by the way. I was probably like, what, 22 at the time? He was 19. And he just didn't think video games were art. Like, he was so adamant about it. Well, he was just naive because yeah. he was younger. Yeah. And my, <laughs> my argument to him is the argument I'll, I'll say right now is I said, all right, in a movie, you have actors, a director, you know, scriptwriter, cameraman, yeah. director of photography. You know, you have a lot of these roles. Gaffer, everyone. Everyone's working on stuff. In video games, someone has to give birth to your actors. They're born, you know. Someone has to voice these actors. They're given life. Someone has to write. Someone has to operate so, a camera. Someone has to direct. In in a sense, you could almost say that a video game is more, by definition, art than a, a film because you're creating every element to it. You're not creating the actors for a film. No, you're playing God. Like in a way, in yeah. a way, you are co- you're bringing life and creating a planet and creating these living oh these quote unquote living beings you know like in a way and functions to this reality mm-hmm. you know yeah like a film you're you're just placing elements into it that already exist and they are you know then then that's when acting comes into play yeah. and, um, and I, you know act- set building yeah. and all that stuff but you know you're starting from scratch basically when you're doing a video game yeah and there's just there's a lot more that you have to kind of visualize when you're doing that. Yeah, because you know, if if some say for a shot in a movie, if you if granted you have time and budget for reshoots, right? Um, one or two scenes, the stand-in you have isn't exactly that person isn't exactly working. You need to swap out that actor or actress, right? You can find another person if you have time and the money for it. In gaming, you have to code, you know, and probably mm-hmm. rewrite a part. Say if they don't like the way that three D model looks, gotta code this thing again. You know what I mean? Yeah, gotta. And, it's, and essentially, you can say it's the same. It's the same song and dance, but it's like one has to be completely reimagined while the other is just a person walking in a room. You know? Yeah. And it, maybe they're both. You know? And that's the arg- that's where the argument kind of grays because if you really start get deep, digging deep, you're gonna you go crazy thinking like, all right, they're the same, whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I yeah, I mean, but, I'm sure. But, but you know, I someone you who's you know someone who's hardcore in the film industry would probably argue against what I just yeah, said. Yeah, but I, I, I personally, I would agree with you saying that it is more of a hardcore art form. So much, so much so that going back to just mentioning Detroit again, that we are able to make cinematic video games. Yeah, you know, using real world actors and filming like styles, interactive storytelling, which is a thing that Roger Ebert didn't think would ever happen. Yeah. and I don't think to this day like he if he were ever to play Detroit become human if he were still alive he probably would still say well this this doesn't count because and I and I have to go back to the article that I wrote mm-hmm. years back about it but um he I can't remember what his argument was exactly why it does I think because there's an open endedness to it yeah that it could not count as a complete work of art that you basically can do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm honestly trying to pull from memory here and I can't exactly word I, how I'm trying to, I think to another direction describe you're going just, just knowing how he is. I think another direction you're going in like describe he, he's trying to compare it to like a movie and how a yeah. movie a film 
has all these elements that it completes it's a linear process or it's it's a linear timeline that you have here mm -hmm. and as as opposed to a video game where it's more open-ended and you have the choice to not partake in that story yeah and because of that that takes away the sort of shine to it it's what he was trying to argue right which i i disagree with him because you can do the same thing for a movie I can zone out of any fucking movie I want. I can sit there and say, I'm done with this. But if you're zoning out of a movie, is that still the same concept as, like, if you were just, like, say if you're playing, I mean, the one that is the biggest example is Grand Theft Auto. Right. How, where you can pretty much just do anything in that game. Right, right. So, because they call it a sand, like, pretty much a sandbox yeah. game. So, like, if you don't partake in the story and you just go around driving around, shooting, whatever, yeah. like, is that the same as, like, if you were to just... Like, you're still partaking in the game. Yeah. You're just, when you're zoning out of a movie, you're just not partaking in that medium altogether. I guess I should, what I should say is I can play Punch Buggy while watching a movie rather than following the story, if that makes sense. Okay. You know, I'm still using the movie for this thing I'm doing, but I'm not exactly paying attention to the movie itself, you know? Like, but, if I'm playing I Spy when I'm watching a movie, you know? Yeah. Or, uh, like, you're making a drinking game yeah, out of the movie exactly. you're watching. But you, like, yeah, like, you're watching a B-movie, and you don't care about the story or characters. You're just making a drinking game for whatever moments might yeah. happen in this. Or so you, doing, like, commentary. Yeah. like. So, so that's what I mean. I, I feel like movies are just as open-ended in that regard. Because people make drinking games out of bad movies and stuff like that, yeah. you know? So I feel like they're, or even good movies, people make drinking games out of, mm -hmm. you know, tropes and things. Pretty, like that pretty much any, any movie there's a yeah, drinking game ex for. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I feel like in, in it, staying along those lines, there's still an argument to be made where, no, it's just as open in that. It's how much you as a consumer want to take from it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a good discussion and hopefully maybe you can come back and like, we can continue this discussion yeah, at totally. some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the E3 was great. You know, I, I was very impressed by m most things that came out of E3 this year. Yeah, I, um, I was it's, entirely entertained. It <laughs> definitely was not a disappointment. Um, so for our listeners or viewers, how can more people learn more about you? Do you have any project? I know you have a few projects that you can plug. So why don't you go ahead and okay. plug away? Um, I have uh, my podcast that we want you to one day be on when you have the time okay i um, would definitely do that you know called, i would <laughs> <laughs> totally man it's called the blazing Firecast. Okay. it is it is we are a geek variety podcast we have a lot we it's a lot of nonchalant and internet information a lot of just geek culture stuff um a lot of personal life stuff too just in there's discussion amongst friends really yeah. um and then our, our channel's geeked that's g-e-e-k-t and then uh usually a period after that and you can find us on youtube instagram Twitter of the of that same name, yeah. in some capacity. I don't remember the handles I made right now. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we're working on a D and D Thursday show um, where we actually have cams on us and do D and D stuff. Uh, my roommate, Which you should definitely invite me on that. You should too. totally come. We'll, <laughs> we should roll you a guest character and have you come on. We should. Oh, do that, that would be awesome. Um, my roommate, he uh, does a lot of music. He's done some Overwatch music for two characters so far. He's cool. doing he does theme music and stuff. So his channel is a part of our network. He's gonna come out with stuff and then uh. We have a D&D show with uh, three of the people I know who play the most D&D, talking about making homebrew systems, making your own characters, playing D&D yeah. for the first time, doing a bunch of stuff like that. So uh, a lot of stuff. We have our anime show. We have our TV show show. We have a lot of stuff So <laughs> coming out That's in the near great. future. So. Yeah, so check, you know, check my man G out and all his content. 
and you know his colleagues as well so producing some pretty solid stuff yeah so um and how about you personally is there any pl- any way that we can follow you oh yeah um my twitter handle is uh king emerald so okay. that's k-i-n-g underscore e-m-e-r-a-l-d underscore i believe that's what it is okay and then uh instagram is king period emerald and emerald has two d's awesome that's it <laughs> cool well, thanks for coming on and discussing uh, some video game stuff and yeah, some dude. E3 stuff. Anytime. So, I love it. It's been, <laughs> it's been a blast. This has been a CypherI Media production. For more, go to CypherIMedia.com.